and uh, I'm excited about, we're in part three of our series, Free. And uh, if you have not uh, caught up with us or if you missed a couple of them, you can go to uh, our, our, our website, uh, which everything's going to be here. I'm sorry, these screens are not working because of old technology. Uh, let me move this closer. So we're going we're gonna to rely on one little screen, and then I'll follow, you can follow along in the Bible. Okay, so this is, our, this is our website. You can go there, and a lot of people do it. In fact, if you want to recommend it to a friend who maybe could benefit from this series that we've been doing, uh, send them to our website. But i got to talk about what's been happening the last few weeks uh, and just say it has been incredible, uh, the response that's happening. Uh, you know, uh, Dalmasia, congratulations. Where are you? On your restoration. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, her friend Sergio is studying the Bible and, and leaning really close to uh, making that big step. Uh, later today, uh, we have Marv who's getting baptized. And so I'm excited for you, Marv. And uh, he, he is really ready, okay, because he's taking the time to think about it and be ready. And, uh, you know, and there are other people leaning forward. Uh, just this past Thursday, Noriko... Uh, who lives way out in Huntington Beach, and we said, hey, get connected with Orange County. And she's like, no, I want to come here. And I said, okay, you know. And uh, she was baptized at Huntington Beach on Thursday evening. Uh, we were going to show you a video, but we'll show that later. And so, you know, it, it's amazing to see what God is doing. And it's not so much the presentation. The reason why we do these presentations, so you guys understand, is so that the Bible can be clear. But the Bible is what does it. The Bible is what changes people's lives. And, and we believe in the word of God. And so today we're going to continue our series. But before we jump in, I just want to say one thing. Um, this, this week uh, was a pretty rough week in many respects, uh, particularly in the, the city of Boston. I have ties there. My wife's from there. You know, and you feel it when something like that happens. It was, you know, a week ago tomorrow. And... Uh, you know, I just got to stop and say, I really appreciate the brothers that we have in law enforcement because law enforcement makes the difference, keeps us safe, does the job. So let's lift up, let's give a hand for our, our brothers in law enforcement. Okay, thank you. And I say that with a lot, of, a lot of heart and a lot of pride. Maybe it didn't happen here, but we know you guys are keeping watch and we've got a few brothers uh, that are in law enforcement. So in this series that we're doing, uh, called Free, we're looking at a, a very complicated book in some regards. It's called the Book of Romans. And, and the Bible is divided into three categories. You've got the Gospels, you've got uh, the Book of Acts, which is basically the, a history of what happened after Jesus' resurrection, and then you've got the Epistles, or the letters. And these were, these were letters written by followers of Jesus, or the Apostles, who basically wrote letters to churches, and they basically gave instruction to those churches, to followers of Jesus, how to live your life in the marketplace, how to live your life at home, how to live your life at work. So it's very practical instruction. And the guy that we're going to look at and we've been looking at is the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, he wrote most of these letters in the New Testament. In fact, he's wrote, written most of the New Testament. Uh, and the, the book that we're particularly looking at is the book of Romans. 
And it can be very complicated. And those of you who read your Bibles, and I, I highly recommend read your Bible, when you read these letters, the first half, you're dealing with a lot of doctrinal stuff, theology, you know, or, or, or praise be to God and, and, and a lot of different things. But it comes to the second half and you kind of wade through that, you know, that first half and you go, yeah, 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 let's get down to the, 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 the second half because that's where we're going to get taught on how to live, right? And Romans is very much like that. But it's so important what we're doing in this series is we're, we're taking on some very challenging scriptures so we can understand what Paul is talking about when he's talking about theology and when he's talking about things that we need to understand because they affect the way we live. So that's what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, in other series we're going to be looking at uh, this whole idea of practical living. But we're going to talk about practical living. But in the first half of the epistles, you'll hear words like this. In him, through him, Christ in me. And you go, what is that? What does that mean? And, and Paul talks about it. And so what we're, we're doing in this series is we're talking about that, that very thing. And, you know, we come to church, and, and this, is, this is the challenge that we have with reading the New Testament. We come to church, and we hear what we should do, right? And that's a good thing. But you go home and you wake up tomorrow or later today and you go, man, I know I should do that, but the truth of the matter is I'm not. I'm having trouble with it. And so we go home and we pray, uh, you know, and we think, well, what I'm going to do is I'm not perfect and I got a lot of stuff going on in my life, but what I can do, one of the blessings of Christianity is I can go home and pray and God will forgive me of all my sins. And so Christianity today in our world pretty much is broken down to this. I believe in Jesus. I call myself a Christian. I go to church, but I'm really kind of living the similar lifestyle as everybody else around me. But the difference is, is I get to go home and I get to ask for forgiveness for all my sins. And then I get to go to heaven when it's over. And what we're going to see today is the Apostle Paul is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not what Christianity is. Maybe that's what you guys have turned it into, but that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is so much more. It shouldn't be this thing where we fill up every day, you know, our sin bucket, and then we go home and we empty it out, you know, because we ask for God to forgive us for our sins. That's not what Christianity was intended to be. So we've been doing this series so that we can deal with this issue. And the Christian life is not about disappointing God on an hourly basis for some of us and then getting your sins forgiven. And then after that, you go to heaven. I mean, we love that. You push the like button on that, your Facebook page. I like that. But Paul, again, is saying that's not Christianity. That's not it. There's so much more than that. And Jesus didn't die just for that, although this is a blessing. But at some point, we've got to stop and go, wait a minute, that, that's not what this is about. And if you want to summarize what Paul's letters talk about, it's basically this. Sin does not control where you go when you die. Okay, that's the gospel. Sin does not control where you go when you die. And then the last one is, and this is where we don't get it. Sin doesn't have to control what you do when you live. Meaning when you leave here today. 
Jesus died to set us free from sin right now so that when we go to school or we go to work or we come home from work, it's, it's not disappointing God over and over and over and over again and, and walking around with this guilt and then go, oh, by the way, Jesus set us free from that guilt and I get to drop it. But there's really no life change. Paul's saying that is not the gospel. And so that's what we've been dealing with and that's what we've been talking about. And I hope that today can be a day that brings about great change. And Paul would say to us, once we give our lives to God, we're no longer the same people anymore. Damasia, what happened to her and what happened to Noriko and what's going to happen to Marv? When you believe in Jesus, when you confess that he's now going to be your, your Lord and take over your life, and you basically make him Lord of your life, and then you repent of all the stuff that you've been doing and living for many, many years or however long it is, and then you get baptized in the name of Jesus, God changes your identity. You're not the same person. You're different. And Jamie did a tremendous job last week talking about that and baptism. I really, really appreciated what he did. And he talks about that transformation that when you're baptized, you, you die and then you're raised. That's what we're going to see happen today. But when you're raised, what happens? You're new. You're somebody different. You may not feel new, you know. You may still have that knee problem or, you know, that bad back or whatever. But in God's eyes, in God's eyes, in your nature, and the things that we're going to talk about, you're a new person. And so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We, we, talked, about, we talked about Adam. Remember? Okay? And, and basically what Paul taught was that we are all in Adam. The whole, the whole world is in Adam, meaning we are in sin. Okay? Everybody. And when you cross over, when you cross over, and I'm going to just grab the front row here, okay, all you guys. Okay, as of right now, I'm going to declare you in Christ. Isn't that nice? You guys in the front row are fired up, and the ones in the back are not so fired up. Okay, so you're, you're going to be in Christ, right? And maybe a couple of people over here in the team ministry, you guys. So when you go from here to here, okay, and this is what was standing in the middle, sin, Okay, when you go from here to Adam, and, and the whole point that Paul was making is, this isn't a, a, a verb. This is a thing. This is an entity. This is a noun. And basically what Paul describes, and let's jump right into the verse that we've been looking at in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 and part of verse 18. Look what he says here. He says, I do not understand what I do. And regardless of whether you get all of this or not, I think you'll get and relate to this. If you're a guest here, I think you'll relate to this. Okay? I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, for what I have is this desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I can't do it. And then he says in verse 19, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I do. This I keep on doing. Now, I got to be honest. Even before I came to know the Bible, I felt this frustration. I remember conversations with my high school friends. See, because we were involved in some really bad stuff, okay? 
And we would talk with each other and we'd say, hey, I want to quit. Do you want to quit? Let's quit. And we would decide together. We'd say, you know, let's stop doing this. Let's quit. Let's, let's leave this lifestyle. Let's get it together. And we would, we would look at each other and we would decide and we'd go, let's quit. Okay, we're going to quit. Did we quit? We didn't quit. There was one time in my high school life where it was a couple of months. But right before, you know, after a few months, right back in here, doing the same stuff again, over and over. And there was, there was, and there was things that I talked with my friends about, and then there was things I didn't talk with my friends about. I wanted to change. And, and it wasn't because of this religious experience. It wasn't because somebody walked up to me and said, hey, there's, there's all these sins that you have in your life. No, this was me, my conscience. This is what I was feeling on the inside. I don't want to be this person. I do not want to do these things in my life. I want to do good. But I can't. And I find this struggle that's going on in me. And then he goes on, and, and, and I would ask this question, and you probably asked this question yourself. Why do you keep on doing this stuff? I mean, why do you lose your patience? Why do you yell? Why do you get angry? Why do you, why do you cross the line and hurt people, hurt yourself? Why do you do that? Why do we do that? What's wrong with us? And Paul says, this is what's wrong with you. It all started with Adam. And when he sinned, we are, have this inherent nature. It's automatic. We sin. And that's basically what he's saying here in, in these verses, that we, we keep on doing this. And then he, he sums it up in this. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, okay? But it's sin. Or if, if for, for some of you, you may not like the word sin, how about temptation? Replace this with temptation. But it's temptation that's living in me that does it. He's not saying it's me and what I want. It's a thing. It's sin. It's, it's this. The sooner you can figure this out, the sooner you can understand why you struggle with the same stuff over, 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 and over, and over again. And until you deal with this, okay, not the, the verb, not the verb. I'm talking about the nature, the noun. Until you deal with this, you can't change. You can't make that change that you've longed for. That was my experience. It wasn't until I went from here to here that I was able to change significant things in my life. And it was no longer, hey, you want to change? No, it was, I'm changing. I'm changing. And it was awesome. And it wasn't because I was in a good environment and in a monastery. Let me tell you, I was in the jungle. I was living on campus in a co-ed dorm, 50 guys in one hall. We all shared one bathroom. It was thick with temptation. You wake up in the morning, here it is, temptation. Go to bed at night, here it is, temptation, 24-7, all the time. But because I went from here to here, everything changed. 
everything changed. And that's what we're talking about. And Paul basically says this, this is, this is, here's the problem. There's not a good person that occasionally does bad things. Okay, the reason we struggle with, we do what we do is because, guess what? We're bad people. All of us. It's, it's the, the real deal is, we're a bad person that occasionally tries to do good things. Now, if you're inherently, if you're inherently a good person, why would you do bad things? Why would you do that? Because you're good, right? You're inherently good. Why would you do bad things? Because you've got control, right? You, you. But here's the news for all of us, the news flash. Why do we keep doing these things? Paul would say, because you're a bad person. Not, not you know, the bad we like. We say there's, there's bad in us. There's bad in us. And that explains it. And if we want to be changed and be good people, we've got to go from here to here. And that's why this process that people are discovering is, is that they, they can change. That's why they're turning their lives over to God and, and getting baptized. But we've got to talk about something today because there are some of us who've gone from here to here, yet we're still identifying with this struggle that Paul talks about. Why do I keep doing the same stuff that I've been doing? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're a guest here today, maybe you've run into some hypocritical Christians. I've been one on occasion. And you say, well, he's supposed to be a Christian or she's supposed to be a Christian, but I see him doing similar things that I'm doing and I'm not even, and we justify ourselves, well, I'm not even a good person and I know it. They think they're good, but they're not. So at least I'm honest. <laughs> right? Yeah, but you're, you're, again, Paul is emphasizing that's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come so we could empty our bucket every Sunday or every mo- night when we go home to pray. It's about getting rid of these patterns of, of living. And He's basically saying this is there is no fundamentally good person because we've all got this. We've all got the nature. We've all got the noun. We're sinful people. And we can, we can lather it up. We can candy coat it. We can paint it. We can shape it. But you know this. You know it. Deep inside, you go home and you look in the mirror and no one's around and you go, man, why can't I change this stuff? Why do I keep doing the same things over and over again? And for some of us, we're followers of Jesus, and we find that same struggle. And we got to talk about that today because we want to be free, right? I want to be free from this. I don't want this ruling in my life. And so today we're going to dig in and deal with this and find out how we can do it. And when you're placed in Christ, when you are forgiven of your, all your sins that you've done, as I said before, you are transformed. You are transformed into a new person. You have a new identity. Jamie talked about this last week. It's an, like an international adoption. You go in and you sign the papers, right? And that government who basically took care of, provided for, was the parent, the legal parent of that orphan child is no longer. That child is adopted into a family. 
and it's a legal adoption. That if that government tries to come back later and says, hey, we want our child back, guess what? You can't. You no longer have this child. He's ours. That's what happens when you give your life to Jesus, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus. That's what happens. You're transformed. You're adopted by God. But just as many adopted children, when they grow up in their homes, they're still struggling with, am I an orphan or am I an adopted child? And so they go through this whole struggle of, I'm not sure who I am or whose I am. Sometimes you and I go through that struggle with God. See, because we're not sure who we are. We're not sure if we're a good person or a bad person. And we're not sure if we're the same person or if we're God's person. And Paul is trying to persuade us, to get us to see you're different. You're a new person. You have a new identity. If you want to change your name, go right ahead. But it's more than a name. It's what's going on in here. And we've got to literally, it's it's funny, we've got to literally brainwash ourselves to realize I'm, I'm not who I was. And so we, Jamie talked about this phrase last week, you remember? And you repeated it, remember? Sin is not my master. Can we say this together again? Okay, let's say it together. Sin is not my master. One more time. I'm dead to sin, but alive in Christ. I don't know if this worked for you this week, how'd it go, but when, when temptation was knocking at the door, Did you say this? And it's about convincing ourselves we're not the same people. I'm not going to go back and be that person anymore because I've been set free. And if you're a guest here today, I want to encourage you that you can be set free as well. You can move in that direction. But for those of us who are followers and we're still struggling, you're going to have to start declaring this. And making this statement. So I'd like to encourage you to keep doing it. Today we're going to look at 3D. Kind of cool. Three, it's not 3D here, but 3D words. Okay, 3D words that we're going to do towards understanding what it means to be here. Okay, 3D words. Are you ready? First one is to declare, which we did, right? Sin is not my master. You declare that. I'm not a slave anymore. I'm free. It's not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to do what sin calls me to do. Then the second one we're going to talk about today is decide. Decide. Paul's going to tell us you've got to declare it, and then you've got to decide. You've got to make a choice. And then the third one Paul's going to tell us about is to devote. There's got to be a devotion. He's going to challenge us. Paul's going to challenge us to live at a different level, to go to a different level of living so that you can be here and realize everything that this means. All right, so let's, let's dive into the scripture. This is what we're looking at today, Romans chapter 6, verse 9. So if you're way in the back and you can't read these little bitty letters and your glasses don't work, open up your Bible and you can, you can follow along with us. You can turn on your Bible. In Romans chapter 6, verse 9, here's what Paul says. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. So when Jesus died, he broke the power of sin that it had on whose life? 
his life, but also our life. He passed it on to us. He broke the chains. By going through what he went through, he's breaking the chains. He's saying, listen, you don't have to participate and be that same person anymore. He goes on in verse 10. The death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. He didn't die again, one time. But the life that he lives, he lives to who? To God. So if that's what Jesus did, who should we be living our lives to? To God. He empowered us. He gave us the ability to do that. So we don't have to live for ourselves or for our sin or for our temptation, if that fits better for you. You can live for God. That's what Jesus did when he died. Once and for all. And then in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin. Okay, what what place does sin have in your life right now? Is it alive and well? Is it growing? Is it taking over? Or is it dead? See, because when you make that crossover, when you change, what what Paul's saying here is this, this should not be a prevalent power in your life. It's got to go. The habits, the lifestyle, the way you used to talk, those, those, those words, those, those habits and addiction, whatever it was, whatever it is, it's got to go. Jesus has set you free from that. Count yourselves dead to sin, but what? Alive. Alive to God. You're a new person. You're a new living person in Christ Jesus. So there's a change here. There's a transformation that that happens. And so the first word is to declare, sin is not my master. Let's say it one more time. Sin is not my master. And you've got to say that. When you're tempted, when you're in that argument with your husband or your wife, and you, you you go, oh, man, I'm feeling it. Sin's not my master anymore. I declare it. When you're tempted to look, when you're tempted to do, when you're tempted to do whatever it is you do, you can say this phrase. And Paul says, I want you to declare this. And then he goes on in verse 12. Now, here's where we're going to get real practical. He's saying this. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Basically what Paul is saying here, don't let sin back in your life so that it reigns, so that once again, it's dominating your lifestyle. It's, it's, it's basically creating an identity. This is who you are. And you can't blame it on your friends. You've got to take responsibility for that. This is what Jesus did when he died. He says, I don't want you to dedicate yourself to those same things anymore. Consider yourself dead. But then you've got to say, I'm not going to let sin reign in my life. No more. In my mortal body so that you obey its desires. All of us have them. The question is, will we obey them? You know, and when you wrestle with sin or this temptation, let me ask you this. When you wrestle with sin or with temptation, which side of the argument do you identify with? Here's what I mean. 
Do you see yourself still here? Or do you see yourself here? Give you some phrases. Nobody's perfect, right? Can't we all agree on that? I'm not perfect. Who are you identifying with when you say nobody's perfect? Are you identifying with what God has in store for you? Or are you going back and saying, this is who I am, this is who I'll always be, I'm never going to change. My mom was like this, that's why I'm like this. My grandmama was like this, and that's why I'm like this. Don't you understand, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I, I may even be older than that. You, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. As long as you identify with Adam and that you're Adam and that you're the way you are and the way you always were, well, I was raised this way. You'll, you'll never cross over here. And some of us have it all worked out. That's just the way it is. That's who I am. You, you won't make the change that Paul's talking about until you decide. Until you decide. And, and, and some of us go, well, I'm a man. We have desires. That's just kind of how we are, who we are. Yeah, we look. Is there any harm in looking? Ask, ask women who are in a relationship with that man if looking is a problem. Doesn't feel good. Ask Jesus what he thinks about looking. He'll tell you. Matthew chapter 5. Take a look. He says there's not a lot of difference between looking and acting as he talks about it. But as long as you say, well, that's how I am. That's the way I've always been. I was raised this way. You know, some friends of mine, and when I was at a very young age, they put pornography in front of me, and it's been hard for me to break out of it. Really. So that's the answer. And as long as we continue to identify with this is who we are, instead of who you are not, you're not going to make this change. So you've got you've to look at things differently. And this whole verse that he talks about, therefore, do not let. Do not let. You know what that means? It's a choice. It's a choice. You have a choice. Well, I can't decide. I, I, just, I just go with it. No, no, no. Let me, let me stop you right here, particularly if you're in Christ. You are not a slave anymore. You make choices. You make choices. And those choices determine the outcome. They take you where you're going. Okay? And, and what Paul's saying here, don't let these things rule in your life. Don't let it. You have a choice. You can decide. And so here's the decision. The second D in our, our 3D outline today is decide not to let sin rule you. Decide that. You have a choice. But the, the sooner you make that choice and the sooner you get over this idea that I will always this way, I'm, I'm just like Adam, I, I can't change. You won't. But if you come over here and realize I do have a choice, God set me free. I can be different. So decide. Let's say this together. Decide not to let sin rule you. One more time. Decide not to let sin rule you. You have that option. You have the power in your hand if you're a follower of Christ, if you are in Christ. And then in verse 13, now he gets really, really, really direct, okay? 
do not offer the parts, any parts of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Now, he's getting really, really specific, uncomfortably specific. And when he's talking about do not offer parts, body parts, what's he talking about? He's talking about eyes, hands, mind, mouth. Now, you do this, okay? You do this. I'll give you an example. You're in the shopping plaza. Guys, you're in the shopping plaza, and here she comes, okay? She's walking. You got her on the corner of your eye, and, you know, she's very attractive. And sin says, hey, let me borrow your eyes just for a second. Let me borrow your eyes just for a second, okay? And then I'll give them back to you. And so where do you go? Okay, if it's just for a second, what do you do? Or let me, let me borrow your hands. Let me borrow your hands just for a minute. Let me borrow your hands. Get on the internet. Let me borrow your mind. Let me borrow your mind. Let me, let me just use your mind for a little bit. It won't be that much. Just a little bit. There you go. Start thinking a lot of dark stuff. Or for the women. Hey, let, let me borrow that credit card just for a little while. I know you got it on a budget and you're trying to change just for a little bit. Let's make that purchase one time. And you go, okay, just this one time. And there it goes. Or the mouth. You know, oh, and the mouth. Let me tell you about the mouth. I have a gift. And the gift is the mouth. But I have to make a choice how I will use my mouth. And I was good when I was young. I, I could really let it fly. But even recently, you know, there's times where you can go through and you say, hey, let me use your mouth just this one time because, you know, you, your, your son or your daughter has been, they've been acting out and it's time to set them straight. So let me just use your mouth one time and I will set it straight. You say, okay, just this one time. And so you got the whole thing worked out in your head. You got the whole phrase and you're going you're gonna to set it straight, right? Because every once in a while you got to lay it down. And you say, okay, just this one time. And you say some things with your mouth that you can't take back. You hurt your kids. Or you say, you know, well, mouth, I'm going to let you use this one time. And when my husband, my husband gets home from work, man, I'm going to let him have it. I'm going to give it to him. Okay, just this one time. And sure enough, you say a barrage of things, you let him have it. And you bring more death in your marriage by what you say and vice versa. Do you get what I'm saying? He's saying, don't offer your body parts. Maybe it's your thumbs, you know, with, with text messaging, you know. Let me just use your thumbs real quick. No big deal. Don't let your body parts be used for and every sin, or let me use your legs, let me use your legs, let's walk over him and talk to him because, you know, I know I shouldn't, but just this one time, and he makes me feel so good when I talk to him, so let me just walk over here and talk to him. See, we, we never do stuff without a body part helping us do it. And what Paul's saying here is don't offer any part of your body to do stuff. 
and there has to be a change. But rather, he goes on to say, He goes on to say this, and this is the whole verse in verse 13. Don't offer any part of your body of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to who? To God. As those who have been brought from death to life. Understand, you, you don't do those things. In every, you were here, and now you're here. There's got to be a change. You've been brought from death to life, and offer every part of your body to him as an instrument of what? Righteousness. To do good. And so here's how it looks. Temptation comes along and there she is and, 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 and says, hey, let me just borrow your eyes for a second. No. Can't use my eyes. My eyes belong to God. You, you can't use my hands because they belong to God. You can't use my mind because it belongs to God. You can't use my mouth because it belongs to God. So I'm not going to let this. Hey, guess what? I tried this this week. You know, as leading up into this message, it, it works. It works. People think you're crazy, but it works. And I don't say it out loud, you know. No! You know, I remember, I, I got to tell you this story. I got to tell you this story because it's really funny. I was a baby Christian, and I was understanding this, okay, baby Christian, and I was in class. And the professor's giving his lecture, right? And, man, I, I got to tell you guys, I was, a, I was a dark person in my life before. I had a lot of stuff going on in here. You know, thinking about women. But I remember making this change, and I, and I remember I was just struggling. I was in, in, in my mind, I was struggling here. In the middle of class, everything's quiet, and the professor's talking, and out of nowhere... I go, no. <laughs> I had to cover my mouth. But I was literally telling myself, I am not going to let you have my mind to think about all this stuff. It was crazy. And I learned not to do that. Okay? Keep it to yourself and be quiet. And then the, 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 second, the second or the third D in this whole equation is, and this is we're going to wrap it up. The third D in this whole equation is this. Devote your body to God. Devote your body to God. I mean, whose is it? If you've gone from here to here, who's, who's, whose life is it? Whose body is it? It's God's. So devote it to him. Devote it to him. Right? Now, I've got to talk about this because this is important. I've been doing this for a long time, about 28 years. And I've, I've developed this, this habit that I have or this routine that I have of early in the morning I get up and I, I really decide, today, God, I need your help to be what you want me to be. I need your help to think differently. And so what I do is I have what, I, what we call a quiet time. And, and, and it will be a, a time to, to, to pray. And I know some of you do this. Some of you do this, and, and I, I pray for God, okay, my eyes, my mind, my feet, my, hand, my, my, my body, help me to do right today. I want you to reign in me. Now, some of you don't have time for quiet times. 
because you're busy. You're busy. You, you've got to get up early and, and you've got to get on Facebook and you've got an instant message and you've, you've got to check what, what's been said and what's the latest. And before you go to school, you've got you to gotta know. Or before you go to work, you've got to check your emails in case there's some work that has to be done. Or you've got to get your hair ready. You've got to get things ready. And then we wonder why. We wonder why we struggle. I'll come back to this verse. This is a, this is a house of construction, right? And I asked, we've got some, some brothers in the church that they work in this area of, uh, of, and they work in construction. And I asked them as experts, if you were given all the materials for this house, to build this house, lumber, nails, everything you need, but you could only pick three tools, three tools to build this house, which three would they be? And I asked several. Okay, so here we go. We got, uh, and this was, a, this was a consensus among the three of them. So I'm going to get my gloves on, okay? And what they did is they, they agreed on these three tools. Uh, there was a little bit of, this, this was key right here, hammer, okay, key. Got to have a hammer. All right, now one, one of the guys said, I, I would want a nail gun, okay? You know, that's pretty smart. You can go to work with a nail gun, Okay. Then, then the other guy said, you gotta have, you gotta have this. You gotta have a saw. You gotta have it. Okay, then all three of them agreed. The, these are the three tools that you need. Okay? Now, they could do this with this. But what if you're doing this, okay? You're doing this job right here, okay? And this is, this is your work, and, and you got this baby cranked up. No power. Can you do that? No power. What good is this? Okay, now I got, I got my other tool here, my drill, and you know, I, no power. You can have the best tools available, best tools. You have all the equipment, everything you need, everything you need to build your shelter, build your home, build your life. You've got it all, but you got no power, no power. reason why I say this, where am I going with this? Some of you have all that you need, all that you need to build your life, to build your marriage, to build your family. You've got the tools. You've got, if you want to put three of them out there, I would say this is the Bible. Okay, you've got the Bible. You, you've, you've got prayer. You've got prayer. And you've got people around you that can help you, can encourage you, that can mentor you, you've got the three tools. But guess what? You've got no power. Can you do this? Maybe that explains it. Maybe that explains why you're struggling with the same stuff that people out there are struggling with and you can't change. It's not a mystery. I confess if I don't have this kind of time, look what, look what Jesus did when he woke up very early in the morning while it was still dark. This is how Jesus started his day. 
While it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house. He went off somewhere. He went off to a solitary place where he, what? He powered up. He powered up. Some of you have no power. So when sin comes along and says, hey, let, let, me, let me use you. Whatever. Whatever. Your mouth, your eyes, your mind, whatever. Go ahead. And then we come to church and we wonder why we can't change. Paul is telling us, you've got to devote your body. There has to be a time where you devote yourself. Nobody does this. Nobody changes. Not even him, the son of God, could, could realize and have the power without getting connected to God on a daily basis. Don't you want to build your life? I do. And there are a lot of people that are counting on our shelters. They're looking to you. Our kids are counting on us. Our neighbors maybe are counting on us. Our communities counting on us. To build something powerful where they go, wow, can I get in there? Can I have some of that? Because it's amazing what God is doing. And then this verse, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Paul said this in, in another letter that he wrote. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. If you'd like to do further study, you can. Romans 8. Why do we need prayer time? Why do we need time to, to, to read our Bibles? I know you're busy. But if you want to make change, if you want to live this new life, you've got to dedicate and devote yourself to God. And we'll talk about this some, some more next week. But I just want to encourage some of us who are here today, isn't it enough? I mean, you, you've been in groups. You've had people help you. You've had people talk to you. That, hasn't it been enough? Isn't it time that you turn yourself in, that, that you, de you, de you declare, you decide, and you devote yourself? And when you do, you are going to experience change that you could never imagine. And I notice a difference in my own day. If I, if I shortcut my time in the morning, I can tell later in the day. Temptation is stronger, and I stumble, and I'm not perfect. And I say and do things I shouldn't. But it always goes back to that morning time. And it always goes back to declaring. It always goes back to deciding. I have a choice. You have a choice. We all have a choice. So this week, I want to encourage you to try it. Okay? I want to encourage you. Set your schedule. Get up a little earlier. Get up a little earlier and say, God, these are my hands. I want to devote them to you. These are my eyes. I want to devote them to you. This is my mind, my mouth, my body, whatever it is. I want it to be devoted to you. Will you help me? I would even encourage some of you who are guests here today, it, it may not be the same kind of power because you don't have the living peace of God in you until after you give yourself to God and, 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 and all those things that we talked about, what you're going to see, Marv. But there can still be change. I was making changes before I got baptized. 
And I believe God wants to help us. He's trying to set us free. Do you think he wants to see his children walking around with chains on? Struggling, discouraged, frustrated, ruining relationships, ruining their own lives. You think God wants that? But he's given us the clear choice. You decide where you want this to go. So right now we're going to pray for the communion. And I just want to close things up. Jesus died. Jesus died to set us free. So please let me encourage you, as you take the communion, reflect on your freedom. Are you free? And if you're not, I want to encourage you this week to decide, to dedicate, to decide and devote yourself so that you can truly be free. Let's pray.